This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. Hey everyone, I just wanted to check in with you and thank you so much for being part of my podcast journey. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed speaking with my wonderful guests, and I hope you have as well. It's my pledge to continue to offer you meaningful dialogue with extraordinary people, and I'm excited to give you a glimpse of what's ahead as I pivot for a few episodes to speak with folks who create their magic on the other side of the proscenium. Upcoming guests include music producer and composer Keith Harrison, Broadway producer Tony Marion, and musical artists The Brothers Page. You won't want to miss today's episode with Krista Monson, one of the most relevant creative minds in the entertainment industry today. Thanks again for your continued support and welcome to episode nine. So today I'm speaking with Krista Monson, who is one of the most relevant creative minds in the entertainment industry today. Her career and experience as a creative director span a wide array of genres, including circus, concert, theater, special events, and social action. Krista spent 13 years with Cirque du Soleil, first as artistic director of O at the Bellagio in Las Vegas, and then as casting director for Cirque du Soleil's resident shows worldwide. She wrote and directed One Night for One Drop, a theatrical event uh, created to raise global awareness around the need for ensuring sustainable access to safe water and sanitation. The event raised $2.1 million in one night. Not surprisingly, in 2012, Krista was featured in the CNN series Leading Women, showcasing outstanding women at the top of their fields alongside Melinda Gates and Sheryl Sandberg. Krista, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. It is such a huge pleasure to hear your voice. Oh my gosh, ditto. Thanks so much, really, for spending time with me today on Stop Time. I'm so excited to, to jump in and get chatting with you. Me too. Where were you when you realized that the entertainment industry as we know it was essentially shutting down? Well, it's a great question and it's so interesting because everybody has their story. Um, I live in Las Vegas, lived here for 18 years now, and you know there was kind of a, a slow drizzle of what's going on, what's going on when, when, you know, when we were all starting to realize that life as we know it may take a little bit of a different turn. But I actually, interestingly, I was about to get on a plane to go to fly to New York to start a big project. And uh, I had had, you know, I kind of worked through the idea of, okay, a plane will be fine. And uh, the markets were still open in New York City. And I had called some friends and, you know, things were shaky, but still going. And uh, then three hours before I got on the plane, the producer called me and said, don't get on the plane. And uh, so that's when, for me personally, that's when it really hit home. That's unbelievable. Yeah. What would you say, like, was your first thought or greatest concern, I guess, you know, when that happened? As selfless as we want to think of ourselves, it was, okay, that moment of what about me or what, how, what's this going to look like or you know, just, it was a wave of ambiguity, to be honest, just a complete wave of ambiguity, which to be honest, has not stopped. Um, so that's what it felt. It was just this wave of, okay, this is not just over there or down the street or somewhere you, you know, an article you read or a new show you watch. 
it's now affecting me personally. And, uh, and I think that's what, that's what was the first, you know, shock to me. It was just, okay, this is, we're all in this now. We've all been affected. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm so curious because you use the word ambiguity and I heard energy around that. Um, as, as coming up for you, <laughs> she's smiling. No, it's interesting because on the one hand, as you tell it, you know, it's so not ambiguous. This is happening, you are not, it's black and white, you're done. So talk to me more, <laughs> talk to me more about ambiguity and how it shows up for you. Uh, well, it's so interesting, Lisa, that you, you're honing in on that because I, I have struggled, to be honest, with in our business of, even though I've been doing this for 30 years in different ways, um, I've struggled with that idea, you know, and you're a guru of it, of the journey and not being attached to the outcome and, you know, playing in the sandbox of creativity and, and having some strong ideas and seeing, you know, trusting where it will land, seeing how it will, how things will develop and show up. But even though I knew that in my head and I know the benefit of that idea as opposed to planning with X's and O's exactly what's going to happen, I don't think that always brings the best work. And so I understood that in my head, but it it's always been a big struggle for me to embrace it kind of with my body and with my own uh, diving into a creative process. Um, but when this happened, it really put a spotlight on that, um, idea of, of, I have, you know, I know this is not a video, but I made a little sheet. I forget where it is now. And it just, it just says the three words, I don't know. And as those weeks and months transpired, I would, I would think, oh, I wonder how, what this will have, you know, what about this? Or I wonder if I'll, when I'll be able to fly, or I wonder this, or what about my family? And literally almost the, the answer to every single one of those questions was, I don't know. And in, so in some ways that, that, that realization of ambiguity was a, continues to be a crutch, like, you know, wanting to figuring it, wanting to figure it out, wanting clarity, um, doing what we can to, to gain clarity. But on the other hand, when, when I'm learning to embrace those three words, I don't know, and that ambiguity, it's actually remarkably liberating. Right. <laughs> and I, it almost, it gives us an excuse is just to, to lower, you know, give ourselves permission to um, not work in spite of, I don't know, but beside it. And that has been a, a, a real, really wonderful journey. I would say, you know, it's, it's not easy, but so I feel ambiguity, collective ambiguity, you know, and that it's not, oh, just me who can't figure it out. Or as we all sometimes beat ourselves up thinking, it's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that, you know, everyone else knows what they're doing and I don't, you know, that little inner voice that we have of, of doubt and things. But in this case, it was everybody. So I, I've actually really, really, you know, enjoy that idea of embracing ambiguity as permission to trust even more um, the path. Yeah, I love that. I just watched you make a magnificent reframe of, you know, of seeing, seeing the other side, of seeing the yeah. other side of, of 
how ambiguity is okay and it can serve you and it just is right that's it that's it and it's not easy you know it's even things our parents used to tell us you know uh, this too shall pass and all those things that we went oh gosh you know we'll save that saying for a later time it's been fun to all of a sudden hear you know voices of of all of those little i told you not i told you those but little phrases and and lines of wisdom that start to i for me anyway knock on my door knock on the shoulder and and just say yeah it will yeah it's interesting that you say that because um i had kind of um i say quote unquote meditated because you know, I have this thing in my head that meditating means you need to be sitting on top of a mountain, <laughs> which I don't do. But I definitely, definitely thought a lot about that phrase that, because it stood out to me that that phrase, this too shall pass, brings so much comfort at, during difficult times yeah. to people. But when, when it came to me sitting on the porch, looking at the sunset, watching a cloud, moving and I was like, oh, it's going to pass up, this, this too shall pass. And I thought about the phrase and I thought about what if I don't want it to pass? I was feeling wistful. I was like, where does savoring fit into this? Mm, that's super interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really super interesting that you realize that because, or that that came to you, that intuition came to you because I feel the same way. There's, there's, there's a gift in all of this. And, and it's, I feel it has to do with time and space. And, and there's been this space carved out for ourselves where we can, um, you know, submit to the idea that the answers right now, we're all not sure. So, so what does that allow, you know, that, that time and that space to allow us to go in and be able, as you said, it's giving ourselves a permission to, to uh, savor that time and look at it in new ways. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm curious to know how you'll take it of deeper learning, you know, forward when life becomes maybe less ambiguous. Yeah, I, I'm curious too, and I don't know, but, I, but I, I've had a lot of reflection on, you know, as a freelancer, or in the, in our business. And, you know, I've embraced that idea of the power of yes. And that the power of yes has great benefit. I mean, I wouldn't be here talking to you if it wasn't saying yes to, you know, a fringe show that was cut of the door or saying yes to something that scared me a lot and did it anyway. There's a lot to gain from that I, I, in my own experience by, by saying yes. But it's interesting, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. And uh, this time has uh, taught me how instinctual or how much of a habit it is to say yes. And then to have the time to say, hmm, what are my priorities? You know, what, when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Or when we say no to something, we're saying yes to something else. And I, I took the time to think, you know what, maybe it's um, just take a pause, a pause before it's the automatic yes. Looking at how you want to be aligned with the world, the universe, your work, what, what inspires you. So it's not, you're not, you're proud of not being a chameleon. I'm proud of not being a chameleon anymore, you know, mm. of just saying, this is, this is how I, these are my values in my, in the work. And 
how, how can that lead me, that alignment of my values with the work, as opposed to blindly saying yes to everything because just that's how it's been? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And we, you know, we, one says, you know, one face has a choice. You face either fear or you face regret. And for me, I feel it's easier to face fear than regret because when regret hits, it's a, it's a tough one. On the other side of that, again, as you said, it's just that opportunity to uh, redefine what yes means. And, and this time, this time in isolation is, uh, you know, we are restricted from doing things. We're, st- we're restricted from, or, or the traditional yes. Oh, I'm, I'm on a plane. Yeah, I'll do that. And that sounds great. And what are we, how are we going to do this? We're going to meet. And now it's, it's saying yes to other ways of working. It's saying no. It's giving ourselves the permission to press pause and, uh, and seeing what happens there in that journey. It's not go- from going to a show anymore or from getting a great gig. It's from reflection and saying to ourselves this is this is valid this is this is valid i mean you know my my whole thing is about the places where there are spaces oh love that oh that's beautiful the places where there are spaces that is my mantra it is my mission it's probably going to be the name of my book i'm writing it down Um, you know finding grace in the places where there are spaces i mean Mm. it's funny i've been saying it for years um in in my you know as a teacher of dance Mm -hmm. you know it's not about the dancing is in the places where there are spaces wow that is super cool really really that's relevant Glad that that resonates with you. I think, you know, it's funny. I figured it would, which is why I'm really super interested in chatting with you as someone who is a visionary, a pioneer, an innovator, someone who does create something from nothing, but not for herself, for all to experience and creating something for everyone mm-hmm. that they didn't even know they needed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Uh, and I've had the privilege and I feel thankful that uh, again, I've I've worked at all in all scales, from you know fringe theaters or cut of the door things with a two hundred dollar budget to, you know multi million dollar budgets. And for me, the commitment or my own personal investment is the same, um, and I truly mean it. Um, I still feel at the end of the day, my job, as you said, it's a almost an engineer of emotion. My dream is people will walk out just going, wow, that. Or I don't know what I just saw, but I felt something that I hadn't experienced before. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing you. The word that comes to mind with, with what you're saying is essence. The essence is what you want, for me, the audience to walk away with. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's at the very beginning is what, what is the essence? What is this little seed? And if everybody is around the table understanding that essence, I'm convinced then everybody is there to not just execute ideas, they're there to fuel that essence and uh, make it blossom even more. It's interesting, and maybe this is a whole other episode, but you know, I wrote down um, when you talked a little, a little while ago about um, the sort of black and whiteness, um, it sounded to me like, and you can jump in and say that's not what I meant, but um, the fear and the regret. You know, you go for, go with the fear or you're going to regret it. And I'm curious to know if you think there's anything in between that. 
Is it really one or the other? I'm sh yes, I'm, I think, you know, the golden zone is often the gray zone. Um, so, so yes, I do think there's a space in between there. Yeah. And I mean, we are only human beings and we make our decisions based on what we know at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's all we got. Yeah. And so it has happened to me um, a couple of major times where I felt absolutely right about things and I felt the fear, mm -hmm. yet I did it anyway. And I thought, I, I want to do this. And then um, I would say it started getting murky. And um, do I regret it? Um, in hindsight, when that project, let's just say it failed, uh, it didn't work. I had the choice at the end of that to say, I'm going to learn and I'm going to think and reflect and learn and keep going. Or I can wallow in victimhood and, and uh, blame people around me. And I would have regretted it if I had chosen to kind of go on, on the blame train. And, and this, this learning will show up in a, in a wonderful new way in, in another opportunity or another part of, the, of my life. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're speaking to, to what I do as a performance dynamics specialist, which is working with high performers um, who are used to succeeding. Yeah. Um, and the mastery mindset versus the performance mindset, the performance yeah. mindset being, you know, goal oriented, but not long game. You're absolutely right. You, you are at choice of how to respond to anything. That's what we control. If you learn how to adapt, truly adapt a mastery mindset, which is what you're talking about with the learning. If you knew that no matter what you did, what, no matter what you chose to do, that you could learn from it, no matter what, before, not after, <laughs> how would things be different? Before saying yes or before that I, that I knew that I would be learning, applying learning to everything. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, um, is it similar to if you knew you wouldn't fail, what yep. would you? That's exactly what it's similar to. Okay. If, if the goal is is to always learn. So even when you make a mistake, yeah. it's, it's part of personal growth, it's part of, you know, mastery Yeah, to learn. I would, it's a really, I mean, you really triggered a fundamental question of, uh, for me and I think for so many people. Uh, so it's a difficult, it's, it's, it's a vulnerable question. I would probably say the thing that comes up to me in my mind is I would probably have taken more chances to show up less prepared. I would probably take more chances in feeling more naked, feeling more naked in, a work, in workshops, improvising ideas, coming in with a few key ideas and just seeing what happens and trusting that. Um, I would love to pursue that. I would love to have the courage mm -hmm. to do that even more and keep on trusting that and, and learning from that, ex, from that process, infusing that type of process in. It's, it's difficult. It's not impossible. So it's not an excuse, but again, back to producers and budgets and time and, and things like that. One has to deliver. There's a pressure to deliver. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy. No, 100%. And it goes right back to that idea of, doing what 
whatever you do is, is connecting that to a value. And I would, you know, I would challenge you to say, there's no doubt in my mind that you are going to get the job done, whatever the job is. I think that's fair to say. Would you agree? It's fair to say. So you, I mean, you've proven that you have a track record of that. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am not, you know, I'm not arguing with you that there are all these external influences and, and expectations and all that, but yeah. I would encourage you to remember that since you know, you're going to get it done. And since you know, you're going to make the deadlines mm-hmm. um, because you're a responsible person. And let me ask you if the goal wasn't to deliver because we know you're going to already do that. Mm-hmm. Already, we know that. We can mm-hmm. trust that. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to deliver, but the goal is connected to your value mm-hmm. of, let's just say, essence for fun. You can fill it in with whatever, mm-hmm. uh, delivering essence of tapping mm-hmm. into that. How mm-hmm. does that feel differently to you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's reframing the paradigm a little bit, uh, a lot, actually. And... Um, I have to, I have to, I have to let that absorb. Yeah. I have to be honest, um, because. You're, but you are right. It, or what? What? When you were talking about that, the the delivery. Um, you know, we deliver pizzas. I'm not not and not no offense to pizza delivery people. And uh, I would say, uh, I, that's what I've really learned in in this process during our isolated time, mm-hmm. is. Um, it wasn't about grinding it out for eight hours a day and, and getting that badge of honor. It was just keep, just, just like, you know, that famous scent or famous word, mm-hmm. just show up. And what is that, you know, with nothing done or f- that feeling like I have nothing phenomenal to deliver. It's, it's a conversation. Let's talk or, or it could happen in the research, in the research phase where you just start, keep looking and just be quiet, you know, quiet your mind and keep it open and just keep showing up because it ha- it's not about delivering perfect stuff. Just stumble along. It's better than not doing it at all or feeling this, uh, not allowing the essence maybe to surface in a more beautiful way when it's all about delivery. Yeah. If you were to always go in and be perfect all the time, then where's the learning? Where's the growth? How can you grow if it's already, you've already done it. I want to learn more about how to apply that kind of um, trust in, in those, in making decisions or along the way, as opposed to all in advance, because, oh, this is a multi-million dollar process. Talk to me about nothing's been created yet. That moment, that beautiful moment where you decide to take the leap. How do you talk to me about that? The places where there are spaces before anything exists, before anything's born. What does that feel like? I don't need to even, I'm, I guess I'm not really talking about your process so, so much as I'm talking about what you as a human feel like in that moment. Well, there's definitely a moment where I feel petrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I would say I get so invigorated talking about a pro, you know, if we were going to create something together, we'd say, yeah, we could do it this way. We could do it that way. And we're throwing things out and it's, it, let's do it. Or it's going to be this. It's going to be the, f- we get excited. We share, we exchange, we talk ideas are seeds of ideas are flourishing. You know, there's charges in the air and then, and then 
we agree to, or, uh, you know, we're going to do it and we're going to start putting something together or, or think about it more. And, and that's when I'm alone. Yeah. And so in that moment of aloneness, uh, that first moment is, you, you know, I, I literally sit down thinking, oh, it's there. I can, I can feel it. We, we were just exchanging. If it was you and I, you know, Lisa and I were just talking about all these great ideas and it's in the air and we were talking about that and that and that. And then, and then for a, a second, I said, maybe I'm exaggerating. It could be an, two hours. <laughs> uh, it, it, it all, all of those wonderful ideas go away. And I feel like I'm staring at a blank screen or a blank piece of paper mm-hmm. and feeling a little, uh, paralyzed. Um, and I, but and that's okay. Like I, I, I really, I'm okay. I've, you know, I'm okay with that because I'm, I am convinced that those ideas are, are finding their flow in the rivers of our body and things like that. And, uh, but it is a, it is, I really enjoy the aloneness of kind of taking, you know, lots of ideas or conversation, stimulating conversation, uh, a subject matter that resonates with our values and we can, you know, where can this go? And then it has to kind of start going through its own kind of little tunnel. So I, it's, it's a scary moment, but I think it's also because I'm alone, it's safe. It's safe. And so I sit with that. It's, I keep saying I'm, it's safe. I'm, it's safe. This is normal. I know my, I I know, I know myself that way. And, uh, so I sit with the safety. I reassure this is not, this is, has nothing, this is not threatening. There's no fight. I don't need to fight or flight here, even though I'm saying I'm, I was a bit paralyzed, but uh, I have to kind of have that conversation of it's safe. This is let, let you stay, let, I give my, myself permission to stare at that blank screen or, or page for a little bit. And um, slowly, you know, it just starts to evolve or it's very, it's a very sensory type of mm. thing where you, you, with your own self too, how, you know, where, what, what you react to and um, what, you know, what, what type of research you want to start with. Sometimes it's a poem. Sometimes it's a piece of music. Sometimes it's a, a visual idea and uh that's when it it gets quite fun for me just finding connections in the work like finding connections with that resonate for you personally that get you that get me excited with i know the subject that say the producer has decided on and and it's that's a fun time i would say a lot that's one of the really fun times is being alone and and letting uh, feeling safe to find different connections that get you excited. Yeah, no, for sure. A couple of questions for you. A couple more questions. Go for it. What do you know? What do you know will be true about you, no matter what happens? What do I know to be true, forever? I know that I always care. Um, what I feel is consistent is um, that I. I care about the person sitting in the corner kind of empathize with the room and, um, and that will direct me. I don't know if it's compassion or care, but uh, it's also, it it has both sides. I mean, it sounds like it's a wonderful virtue and it is, I mean, I'm proud of it. And, but it's also something that will take me off another path because I'm 
really attentive to something that's going on yeah. over there. And yeah. so I feel, I guess I feel, Lisa, that um, I think it's, it's just always been very consi- consistent. In yeah. fact, when things get a bit crazy or, you know, there's seven journalists and in a row, you know, they, you know, or, and then a dinner and then, you know, I just want to get off that train mm-hmm. and I want to go pick up my son from basketball. Yeah. Like if, if I had a dream in that moment, it'd be, I want to be at the YMCA right now. Or, <laughs> that would be the bubble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I enjoy that, you know, so I feel, I really enjoy it. So I feel as though that would be, but it's such a fascinating question. I think I would make things. I think I like to build, build. Yeah. And uh, that's why when, you know, I was a choreographer for a long time and then and then, it, and then I was with O uh, as the artistic director, and then I asked to pilot a casting department. And I thought, I've never dreamed of being a casting director. It's not, hasn't been a goal of mine, you know. Uh, and I really enjoy, like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, felt it. I found it to be actually quite creative and very much a learning experience. But the idea of building the, the department, I mean, it was a department, but building a, building a vision for that. Um, I realized that I like to build things. Yeah. So an herb garden or a, a show or That's awesome. our yeah. kids or, you know, I, I think, I think that would remain, I think that that's what I would be doing. Yeah. I love that. It's so passe to say well-rounded, but it's such a great expression because yeah. isn't that the ultimate goal is to not only feel this way here and that way there, but to bring you to everything you do. Yeah. Well, it is, it's, I'm realizing in terms of learning, we moved to Los Angeles in 2001 and we had a one-year-old son. We sold everything. We sold our, all our belongings in Canada. We really wanted, we thought we would rather be a little fish in a big pond than a small fish in a big pond. So anyway, we were crazy and, and drove across or drove to Los Angeles and uh, got off the, out of the car and realized that this is a whole different world. And we really, truly had to start from the beginning. And I, I wouldn't even tell people I had a child because I had been in rooms where we were, people were deciding what, who to bring on this project or who could fly to France for this project. And I was witness to someone saying, well, I don't think we'll get her because she's a new mother. So she probably won't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they wouldn't even ask her. Because they assumed, oh, she's a new mother. She probably wouldn't want to do it. And I said to myself in that moment, I literally cannot afford to be assumed that I can't do it. Uh, we need work. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't tell any. I, was ve- I probably told four people. And this is about our son. I mean, this is ridiculous. Talk yeah, about regret. Yeah. There's a, there, I, I don't think he, he suffered from it. I didn't like hide him in a suitcase when we went public or anything. <laughs> But I mean, it was, we went to parks and we had a great life, but it was very, talk about binary, it was separate. For a long time, it was 10 years. And then finally I was, uh, I was actually working on my website of all things. And the designer said to me, who's a friend of mine, she said, well, what do you want to put here? You know, that you, you have your family and you did this and this. And I literally looked at her like she had eight heads. And I said, no, I'm not going to talk about my family because I had, again, witnessed those conversations where it wasn't, you know, someone else got the job. I guess that's kind of a regret. You know, I would say, or 
a great opportunity to learn to say, of course, <laughs> I mean, now it's foolish. It, it, it's so now uh, back to what you were saying now um, that idea to embrace that well-rounded who we are, you know, mm-hmm. all of the, not just our roles, but who we are and what, what deeply matters to us. Um, it, it's, it's all okay. And we don't have to, we don't have to hide it. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I mean, you know, it's not uncommon, first of all, but it's, no. it's the uh, no, and it's so don't beat yourself up. It's the absolute definition of limiting belief, though. A limiting belief is exactly what you just described. They won't hire me. They don't hire women that have children. And if we all live by our limiting beliefs, so many things we never would have had Obama in the White House. <laughs> we, I mean, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Jesse Owens never would have broke whatever the mile is. And limiting beliefs are something that we believe for a while for whatever reason, and we explore those, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, it, they're important to revisit. So you, you're revisiting it now. And you're saying that limiting belief is no longer serving me. It probably served you at the time. Yeah, you're right. So it's okay. You know, there's, there's no point in spending energy on, on regret because A, it's in the past, and B, that's truly what you believed. Mm-hmm. And, and what we do, you know, as coaches is we identify the limiting beliefs that are holding us back now so that we can move forward. It, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Listen, as we near the end of our episode, I love to ask my guests um, what your top three things of today were. My top three things today, um, looking at our, our son's new guitar. It's a guitar with a keyboard. Oh, cool. And so um, he's exploring the guitar. That was exciting. Um, that was top. Uh, first, I love my first cup of coffee in the morning. It's always a beautiful ritual. And um, watering my plants in the backyard. I love that. The simple things, right? That bring us joy. That's beautiful. I love that. What one thing are you most looking forward to today? Hmm. I'm looking forward to purging a couple of ideas that are brewing that I need to release, get out, uh, that are, that are percolating. So I'm really excited about that. And then I go on a, I'm going on a bike ride. Uh, I like working hard and playing hard. Yeah. This has been so wonderful. And I am truly, truly grateful for the opportunity to have spent this time together uh, with you today on stop time and to learn more about you and, It's just been wonderful. Thank you so much. Lisa, it has been a privilege in more ways than you know. Um, I just value so much what you're bringing the world. Oh, thank you, Krista. It really means a great deal. I've been speaking today with Krista Monson. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.